Lesbian speaking may contain adult content and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. It's a lesbian and she's speaking. That's right. This is lesbian speaking and my name is Lee. If you don't know who I am, I'm hoping you'll stick around and find out. What is lesbian speaking? I'm glad you asked. Well, this is a podcast that is by the LGBTQIA community for the LGBTQIA community. And what I'm wanting to do is hear from you folks, get your stories and your submissions sent to my email at lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. What you can do is submit your life stories. You can either be interviewed or you can have me tell your story on air. It'll be on this podcast. People can hear it. We can learn from each other's experiences. It'll be great. But I think what I need to do is start out with a little bit about myself. I'm a little bit scared. But here, let's go ahead and tell my story. At least a little bit of a glimpse. Because what I'm going to do is throughout the series of this podcast, you'll be hearing a little bit more about me. So to start off, fun facts about Lee. Let's not do that again. Okay. Okay, I got you. I won't do that again. But here we go. For my introductory episode, I wanted to take some time to discuss gender expression and some of the things that I went through growing up in order to express myself in a way that felt comfortable for me. I was one of those people that always knew that I was gay. And when I was in high school, I did try doing that, dating a couple of guys. It didn't work out. It was super awkward. And as soon as I dated a woman, it was like, oh, yeah, this is where I belong. So I spent my entire life growing up knowing me. And I understand that that, that's something that a lot of people can't understand or relate to, feeling that you were too young. How did you know? I mean, I just always knew. As a child... I would want to play the husband in the wedding games. I asked my mom for a Barbie that looked like my wife for Christmas. Um, By the way, I don't want my wife to look like Barbie. I think I just wanted a Barbie that looked like I wanted my wife to look. Because Barbie's not real. I don't know if you guys knew this. Barbie's not real. I, I know. I'm destroying your mind right now. It's a thing. But I would fight with my mom so much about the right and the opportunity to be myself meaning that I liked wearing my brother's clothes I didn't like the clothes that she made me wear I just I didn't fit the mold for that now when I say my mom dressed me like a girl that doesn't even explain how extreme she would get sometimes see she would sew clothes and if it wasn't bad enough that she made me be a flower girl As you can imagine, that was the highlight of my life. Not at all. But she also found the little orphan Annie dress. That was horrible. I believe I wore it once. I threw enough of a fit that it ended up in the back of the closet. But after that experience, she didn't stop. She actually made me a fake fur purple coat. It was a long fur coat, and she just didn't understand how upset I got and why I was upset. She didn't understand because she always wanted something like that when she was young. 
I just wasn't girly. I wasn't sporty. I wasn't doing all these wild things like wanting to play football or basketball or soccer. I just wanted to dress how I wanted to dress. I wanted my hair to be short, which she would not allow. One time, my brother saw my mom working on this ceramic porcelain thing that she would do, and she would paint them, and she would go get them fire stoned. What a, I don't know what you call it. You burn, you burn the paint into them, stick them in the thing. Anyway, you know, ceramics. And it was of this little boy cutting this little girl's hair. And my brother thought, I could do that. So he grabbed me, took me into the bathroom, grabbed the scissors, and went to town on my hair. And you have to understand that me, as this little tiny lesbian girl of four years old, maybe, I was so happy. This was probably the happiest I was in my childhood, was to be given the short haircut. My mom and her friend walked in and freaked out. Yeah, it was the end of the world for my mother that her little beautiful princess, who was growing her hair out nice and long and sweet, now had this short boyish haircut. And my joy, the big smile that was on my face when her and her friend walked in and said, wow, now you're ugly. That hurt my heart so bad. Because I felt so good. And when I'm feeling so good and somebody tells me that I'm ugly... I felt like she was telling me that the person that I was growing up to be was ugly. But that didn't make me want to hide it. That made me want to fight to be it more. Now, she had forced me to grow my hair back out, even though I would complain constantly that I wanted to keep it short. And this was like she just didn't understand that this was me. It's not about how you see me but it's about how I want to feel about myself I'll take a little drink of water right here I'm gonna have to edit this out mm -hmm. I understand that there's a lot of people who take scenarios like that take instances experiences that they have like that within their life and say well, then I, I have to suppress who I am. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to hide it because people don't like it. I can very easily see that that could be how you handle things. But I handled things very much differently than that. See, the very first moment that I was away from my mom's house, I moved in with my dad. I think it was my senior year of high school. I, before then, I had gradually cut my hair, like any good lesbian would back then, and I had my mullet, or what we like to call bi-level cut. But the moment that I got out of the house, that bi-level cut had changed to straight-up short hair. And here's my mom's reaction. Wow, that looks great. You should have cut it a long time ago. Imagine me wanting to slam my head against the wall because all of these years we fought and fought and fought because you wanted this beautiful little girl with long hair. And now you're telling me, oh, wait, 
That's not bad. I really take to heart the kids now when I see them on different various medias that are wanting to have short hair, wear boy clothes, or boys who want to wear dresses. And I feel for them because I was that kid. I was that kid. I was forced to wear those dresses. I was forced to put those little sandals on that I just hated on my feet. I don't understand why you think they're comfortable. Why do you think they're comfortable? I'm not okay with it. If the dog's barking in the background, I do apologize, but I do have a house of dogs. <laughs> That's a thing. But when I see that we now have loving and accepting parents who are willing to allow these children to grow in and be themselves and explore themselves. And I see the comments where people are, they're too young. I'm telling you. They're not too young. You are never too young to know who you want to be. Period. Because I knew. I knew very young. I knew the moment that I started walking that these are not the clothes I wanted to be walking in. These were not the shoes that I want to be walking in. I know what I want to look like and I know what I want to project to the world. There are so many conversations that are happening now in regards to gender being a social construct and clothing expression definitely falls in line with that conversation. You see, it's society who decided that men should wear pants and women should wear dresses. Nothing but society. There is no rule as we come out and we are born that all of a sudden magically clothing is put onto us. All of a sudden colors happen and are given to us that Baby boys only see blue and baby girls only see pink. It's just not a thing. It is a social construct. And for some reason, we put so much emphasis on clothing as a culture. And it's not just here in the States. So many countries do this. So many societies do this. And there is... There is an importance to express here in having the traditional display of gender because that does fit for a lot of people. It just doesn't fit for everyone. And when it doesn't fit for everyone, why are we making it so uncomfortable for those people? It's because, in my mind, when you say that you fear what you don't understand. And if you're someone who so easily falls into the line of the traditions of society and you find someone who doesn't, who doesn't want to or cannot express themselves in that same way, you don't understand it. So you fear it. And fear doesn't mean that, oh, I'm running and hiding from it. I'm going to go in the closet and hunker down. And, no. The fear of the unknown could just be something that makes you slightly uncomfortable. And that's enough. That's enough to make it difficult for someone to feel a freedom in expressing themselves. That slight uncomfort feeling that you get, that you portray, portray onto others, 
that's enough. That's enough to make it hard for somebody. Look, we can go into the whole history of society and different cultures that had different beliefs and, and treated these situations very differently than we do today. But I think that what we're doing right now is we're focusing on the world that we're living in at the moment. And we're trying to make those changes here within our own community and not really look back to what others were doing. And I think that's great. I think that what we're, we're doing in order to put ourselves out there and say, hey, look, I'm a normal person, even though I may look a little bit differently to you. I think that's uh, important to keep doing and carrying forward. So as much as we like to say that social media has been a nightmare to society lately, I think it's also been the other side of it, that we've been able to normalize things that were otherwise looked as being so different. And these children who are out there looking beautiful and being so happy and free. Man, I wish I had that. <laughs> I really do. I look at them and think, wow, if only I could do that and feel so happy in my skin as a child. I'm a little bit jealous. I won't even lie. A little bit jealous. At the same time, these are the things growing up and these are the things that I went through in my lifetime in order to allow opportunities for others to feel so good in their skin like that. Oh, that's amazing. This is a conversation that applies to more than just the LGBTQIA community. There are so many people who grow up with their parents telling them how they should present themselves in the world. For me, though, it did create some complications as I entered into adulthood and I was entering the workforce and expressing myself in a way where I felt more comfortable with me, but I still felt the judgment. I felt the eyes on me. And I shouldn't have had to feel that because they weren't. They didn't care. I just felt like they cared because that's what I was growing up with the message that I was receiving is that people will care how you look and people will care how you act if you're more, quote, boyish. They didn't care when it came right down to it. I mean, sure, there were questions of curiosity because this was quite a few years ago. But when it came right down to it, they didn't treat me any differently as a person because I was wearing boys' clothes. I was wearing men's clothes. It didn't matter. So I think we need to remember that when it comes down to it, how you express yourself, it shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter compared to how you express yourself with your behaviors. How you treat other people, that's what matters. As long as we treat others with respect, we should get that respect back, no matter what kind of clothing we wear. And children should be allowed to have that same benefit in life. You should have respect no matter what age you are. That is just a glimpse into my world growing up. There's so many more stories to tell, but at least you get a little idea, a little flavor, and I'll be telling you a lot more going down the road. But as I said, this is a podcast that is by you for you. So if you do, again, submit your ideas to lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. I will either tell your story for you or you can be interviewed and share your story with the world. I think that what I want to do is create an environment where we learn and build off of each other's experience and find a safe place 
for us to go and share those stories. Look, folks, we have had a lot happen in our community in the past decades. And I think that we need to take everything that we've been through, rise up out of the dust, share with everyone what has happened and get it off of our chest and learn how to move on and build from it and learn how to communicate to the rest of society. We're done. We're done and we're ready to come and shine like the beautiful creatures that we are. For my first shout out, I'd like to give a big thank you to Sharon and Amy for their support in my creative process. If you would like to receive a shout out in future episodes, please visit my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. For episode ideas or to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. To support this podcast, visit patreon.com forward slash lesbian speaking. For $3 a month, you get a shout out. And for $5 a month, you get a shout out as well as access to an interactive chat with myself and other listeners. To place an ad on this podcast, please email lesbianspeaking at gmail.com. Lesbian speaking can also be found on Instagram, so be sure to go and give a follow.